the last time I spoke to you, we were looking at different ways that faith can be at work in our lives. We looked at the fact that there's crisis management and there's life management. And I commented without trying to be prophetic, but here we are, that it's easy for us as a Christian community to come together in a crisis, uh, to rally around, uh, to pray for people, to raise money for emergencies, to gather, to pray for the suffering, grieving and destitute is what we are called to do. It's what comes naturally. But the real challenge is to have a measured, sustain—pardon <coughs> me, sustainable faith, faith that keeps us going for the long term. Something we practice on a daily basis. A bit like showering. Or going to the toilet. For those people who don't shower every day. <laughs> and now we know that it's good to pray daily. Is that fair enough? We know that reading the Bible daily is a good faith practice. We know that regular gathering for worship, prayer and fellowship is essential for a strong faith community. But this morning I want to talk about a faith practice that most of us only exercise by accident and usually fairly infrequently, and that is the practice of wonder. And what do I mean by that, you are wondering? We use the word wonder in a few different ways. There's the wonder of inquiry. I wonder what would happen if I put my finger in that socket. I wonder why, you, you know, kids, they, at about two-ish, I think, they get to the age of, why? Why? We've got to go to the bathroom. Why? Well, you know that. Yeah, we're going out. Why? We're going in the car. Why? You have to walk. Why? And it's this constant litany of why, why, why? Because they're, they're in that mode of inquiry. They're, the world is a wonder to them and they're inquiring about it. There's the wonder of anticipation. Now, this can be good or bad, but often we sit there wondering what's going to happen next. What might be in the future for it? What bad things could happen if you're pessimistically minded? Or what good things are going to happen if you're an optimist? And then there's just the wonder of amazement where we just sit there and we go, wow. And sometimes I don't think we do that enough. Now, Mar who, who knows who Martin Luther is? He, he lived a while ago, 1400s, I think. Um, and he, he had a great sense of wonder about God's creation. And he wasn't afraid. In fact, I'm going to read to you what he said about creation. And just as a warning, um, uh, one of his contemporaries, a guy named Erasmus, who was a fellow reformer, but he had quite different ideas to Luther. Uh, Luther basically throws him under the bus uh, in this particular statement. But he, he expressed his wonder like that, like this. How amazing are the clouds sustained without pillars and the firmament of heaven upheld without columns. How fair are the birds of heaven and the lilies of the field. And this is, go with me here, this is how he said it. If thou couldst understand a single grain of wheat, Thou wouldst die for wonder. But who sees all this? Only faith and spirit. The trouble with Erasmus is that he is not stupefied at the wonder of a child in the womb. He does not contemplate marriage with reverent amazement, nor praise and thank God for the marvel of a flower or the bursting of a peach stone by the swelling seed. He beholds these wonders like a cow staring at a new door. 
The deficiency of faith is made evident by a lack of wonder, for nature is a revelation only to those to whom God has already been revealed. So he, he felt fairly strongly about this idea of, of wonder. And the interesting thing is that like most disciplines that we practice as part of our faith, to take time to wonder and marvel at God's creation means we must slow down and smell the roses. I know that's a dangerous thing to do for some people at this time of year, um, especially if you suffer from hay fever. But it actually happened to me Friday night, of all places. I was walking down our garden path. At that time of evening, the light's just fading. and Because it's spring, have you noticed it's spring? All the flowers in the garden had bloomed. And they were blooming all over the place even getting in the way on the path. And as I was walking up in the, in, the, in the cool of the evening, as I walked along the path, I, could, I was assaulted, if you like, assailed by the various scents of these flowers as I walked along the path. And they didn't all hit me at once. As I walked along, you could, there was one, then another, and a different one. And I actually stopped right in the middle. I thought, wow, this is, this is incredible. Now, look, this isn't, normally what I do. I mean, gardening is something that other people enjoy. Yeah, you know, I really struggle with Genesis because God created the Garden of Eden and then said, tend the garden. I'm thinking, thank goodness he brought Eve into the picture. Otherwise, it would be a, a wild wood uh, until man invented the chainsaw, in which case then I'm quite happy to go into the garden and do some, uh, some gardening. Um, but the thing is that Vicky had actually been out there all day um, doing whatever gardeners do and had actually been quite smugly satisfied with her efforts and uh, shout out to her helpers as well. So people came and helped her with that. Um, but as I, I walked along this path, the, these, these different floral scents assailed my senses and the sensation was so enchanting that I actually just stood there and went, wow, this is actually amazing. I had no agenda. I didn't want to go and pick any of the flowers or, or, or categorize them in any way. I just stood there and thought, wow, it is amazing to be alive at this moment. What God has done in this place is just mind-blowing. And I was actually quite stunned by this because this is, and I can't claim it as a practice of, of, of my faith because it happened by accident and surprised me as much as it's probably surprising you. But when I went back inside, I thought, well, how can I tie this into a scriptural expression about the wonder we should have regarding God and his relationship with us and our world? And so I went looking. Does anybody ever, ever do that? No, it, the best place to find things about wonder is in the Bible. Yeah, do I, the Bible is a fascinating book. Is anybody? It's actually a good thing to read as a Christian, I've, I've found. Um, and the one thing I like about the Bible, I'm a, I'm a linear person. I mean, Ben will know this. I guess we, we, we're doing a building project at the moment. And my intention is to get from point A to point B as fast as possible um, and get all the steps in, in order so that we can get them done. And sometimes things happen which deviate us from those steps and that annoys me intensely because it's, it, 
you know, you've got, so I'm quite linear about it. I don't like distractions and diversions. And I get, and I apologize to the rest of my family, quite testy when things don't go according to those plans. And so reading the Bible, I, I, I read it as a sort of linear thing. And I've come to learn that it's probably the stupidest thing you can do because the Bible is not a linear book. In fact, the Bible is a hugely convoluted and exciting delve into all sorts of different areas, which I'm, I'm recently coming to discover. Um, in fact, I'll tell, tell you one. Th this made me get excited with wonder, just at wonder. Who knows the story of the Tower of Babel or Babel? And if you ever thought, what happens is that mankind comes together. They all gather together. They all speak one language. They all have one plan, one purpose. But it's not the plan of God. And so God looks down and says, wow, these people can do anything because they've come together in unity. They all speak the same language. They all have one purpose. But it's not my purpose. So I'm going to scatter them and change their language so they can't understand each other. I always thought that was, that was a bit mean of God, but... You know, I could I could understand what he was getting at, but and and forgive me if if you've had this revelation or you've read about this, but I I had never even considered the fact that God actually reverses that later in the Bible. He does it on the day of Pentecost, where everybody's gathered together and they all speak different languages, and God went, "I'm going to have a purpose for them that is my purpose," and guess what? Peter preached and everybody understood his language and the language that he preached went out into all the languages of the world and God's message was spread. And my mind went, this was, who, why has nobody ever told me that? If you knew it, why did you never tell me this? I, why is it, why am I, do I have to be 65 before I discover these things? And it, the, it was a wow moment. for. I, I love that sort of thing. It just gets me excited about what God does in people's lives. And so with all of that, I, I went looking for a scripture and I found one, guess where? Book of Psalms. Where else do you find these things? And so I'm just going to quickly, this is, this is sort of almost in the form of a bit of a devotional here because um, I, want, I want us to get, get a handle on this whole idea of wonder and the wonder of God. And then uh, at the end of my message, I'm going to get the band up and we're actually going to sing a, a song which is called So Will I. I knew that. <laughs> um, which actually takes us into a place of awe and wonder about our relationship with God. And so I want us to, to soak in that at the end. But let me read you just quickly the first 18 verses of Psalm 139 and see if we can get, because this is King David talking. And see if we can just get a, a picture of his wonder of what God is in his life. He says, Oh Lord, you've examined my heart and you know everything about me. Scary stuff. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. And such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. No surprises. If I go down to the grave, you are there. 
If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvellous how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Now, of course, we may express our wonder differently. We all have things that make us enjoy the wonder of life. Some people are filled with wonder and amazement by going to Adelaide over with 50,000 other football fans and watching a football game. Some people are filled with wonder and amazement just by being near the water, out on the sea or a lake or a river. Some people love going to the hills, a tree change instead of a sea change. The countryside fills them with wonder and amazement. Some people are filled with wonder by gathering around the table with good friends and family to play board games together. If that's you, invite Pastor Vicky along. <laughs> Some of us are filled with wonder and amazement by reading a good novel. Some people are filled with wonder and amazement by writing a good novel. I can recommend a novelist sitting amongst us right now, if you wish. Speak to me afterwards. I'll sell you his book that I've got. Oh, no, a copy, another copy. There is no one right way to position ourselves to be surrounded by wonder. The point I want us to realise is that we must pursue it. Don't just wait for moments of wonder. Don't just wait for amazement to fall on you like it did to me Friday night. I mean, sometimes, let it happen that way. But we need to be actively pursuing this idea of seeking wonder. We should become people who look for wonder in everyday life. Notice how David in this psalm points all the action towards God. Nearly all the verbs describe actions that God does. And the entire psalm is an address or a prayer to God, which line by line calls out and names all the thing that God does that David holds with a sense of complete amazement and wonder. But in verse 14, you find one of the few action verbs in the psalm, which is not an action of God, but an action of David. And I think this is, this is a key for how we can allow wonder into our lives. Verse 14 says, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvellous how well I know it. The NIV puts it, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And this is the response we need to have. Because King David's response was not that God's a mystery to be solved. 
It's not that God is a puzzle to be unlocked. It's not that God is a power to be manipulated or unleashed. God is simply a wonder to behold. So how do we embrace a faith practice like wonder? Sounds It's one of those airy-fairy things, isn't it? Yeah. Wonder. Wonder what I can do with that. Oh, shouldn't be thinking like that. The first thing we do is embrace wonder with childlike faith. Now, not immature faith, childlike faith. A childlike posture is one that is trusting, eager, and attentive. Children have a way of being attentive to the moment in ways that we adults miss. On Tuesday, I took my four grandchildren on a ride down the Amy Gillett bike path. The two oldest ones have just shed their training wheels. The day before, I might add, for one of them. And so they're riding on their their bikes down this track and they are doing really well. And my thought as an adult was, it's a kilometre down the road to Charleston, the playground. We're going to get there in record time. And so they zoom off ahead and they're fairly fairly safe, but they just go go around a bend and I'm thinking, right, I'm, I'm walking really fast. Um, with uh, Willow and Eli trying to keep up. Um, Eli actually stuck in front of the pusher and gave him a bit of a helping hand. But I get round the corner, and there they are, looking at the middle of the road. And I was like, what are we stopping for? Ants. I said, what do you mean ants? And I look, and there's a path there. And they said, there's, there's ants. I got down, there was an ant. So small, I, I couldn't... And it's like, how the heck they're riding along? They saw an ant. And a bit of, they had to stop and look at this ant because it, it's important. This ant, I'm thinking, it just didn't move along. So th- their attention to detail is phenomenal. And the second thing we got to do is slow down. We're people obsessed with efficiency how we can get more accomplished in less time. But the faith practice of wonder is not about efficiency. In fact, it's the opposite. Wonder requires unhurried moments. And this this again I learned as they'd stopped looking at their ant and they went on ahead and suddenly both bikes laid down the side of the track and they're standing at the side of the track searching. And I, I get up there and it's like, what are you two doing? What, why are we stopped here now? We're throwing sticks. <laughs> why are you throwing sticks? And they look at me as though I'm stupid. To see how far we can throw them. <laughs> like, what sort of idiot are you? And I, I said, but we've got we've to get to the playground. Yeah, yeah, we, get, we will, but we're throwing sticks. <laughs> they have no concept of this idea that I'm in a hurry to get to the playground. And I thought, why am I in a hurry to get to the playground? I'm not going to be playing on any of the equipment. (laughs) And yet, somehow built into us is this desire to get to the destination at all costs. In their mind, it's, we're here to have a good time. We're here to throw sticks to see how far we can throw them. And if an ant happens to cross our path, we're going to have a look and see what he's doing, because that's what life is doing around us. And this is where we need to develop this sense of wonder. It took us an hour to walk a kilometre. 
But I discovered all sorts of different things about ants, horse poo, uh, sticks, and the fact that if you're a good person on the Amy Gillett bike path and you're anywhere between two and six, when you see bike riders coming towards you, you take your bike off the side of the, the track and when they come close enough, you suddenly go, hello! <laughs> Scared the poop out of some of the riders because <laughs> they do it very subtly. But at James and Elliot, at the top of their voices, it's like, hello, hello. And this is like, oh, hello, hello. And, and occasionally I got asked, are these all yours? But they were there. That There's a sense of wonder. I mean, I worry about the traffic on the bike path because, you know, if they get hit or they get in people's way, it could be. But they're not. No. It's the fact that there are people there. And they're riding and there's an opportunity for a greeting. And I think this sense of wonder is something that we, we all need to foster in our lives. You know, this whole resurgence of spring, this, this coming out of a winter period to take on new aspects of life, to change the way we operate in our faith, to, to take on this whole idea of life management and to actually slow down a bit. Now, I know that a lot of us have jobs where slowing down is going to get us fired. But we're not at them 24-7. And if you are, come and speak to me. There needs to be some adjustment. But we need to have that childlike faith that enables us to slow down, smell the roses, watch the ants, and throw sticks to see how far we can throw them. Preferably pick on some in your own size and don't compete against six-year-olds because you probably would, would win but we need to start practicing the whole idea of of wonder not wondering if or wondering what but just wonder basking in the glory of God's creation and the knowledge that he created it for you can I get the band to come forward in a moment I, I want us just to stand and and, and sing and, and praise with this song but be involved it's it's about us getting involved in god's kingdom it's about us committing ourselves to a life communing communicating and living with almighty god now before we do that to do that of course we have to know god and i, I don't know everybody's heart here but I know that there are times in our lives when we have to look at ourselves and say well do I know God you, you may never have made a decision to say I want to have a life where God is foremost in it or you may have lived that life and realized